Is the dip in Bitcoin's dominance this weekend about to spark alt season? Good morning. You're listening to the Rise and Crypto podcast by Cointelegraph with me, Robert Bags, steering you through the crypto cosmos with daily dispatches from the digital frontier. If you want to stay ahead of the curve in crypto, make sure you click that follow button. Okay, grab yourself a coffee and let's get into it. I hope you had a great weekend. It was a busy one in crypto. So let me give you a quick rundown. Is the dip in Bitcoin's dominance about to start the new alt season? Bitcoin inscriptions like ordinals are added to the US National Vulnerability Database. The Binance and DOJ agreement has been unsealed and it's been called a financial colonoscopy. Crypto analysts share what the warning signs are that you're near the top of a bull market and five things you need to know in Bitcoin for the coming week. So it was a tumultuous weekend for Bitcoin, and William Suberg wrote a brilliant piece on some analysis that suggests Bitcoin's dominance is waning and it may be a temporary top for BTC. This weekend, Matthew Hyland, a popular analyst, took to X, formerly Twitter, to write the following. BTC dominance is rolling over, as per the bear divergence that was noted, has given back all the gains from the move up the other day. If it breaks and closes below 51.81%, it would be the first lower low in over a year and an end to the uptrend, along with a likely top put in. Right, that was very tradery, so let me unpack that simply. Bitcoin dominance is BTC's share of the total cryptocurrency market cap. Rolling over as per the bear divergence just means its dominance is now decreasing and market indicators suggest a downward trend in price. The final line just means that if BTC drops below 51.81% of the total crypto market cap, Highland believes we have hit a ceiling for now. As of early Monday morning, we are still north of 53.5%. Others have flagged that this dominance reversal may mean that altcoins will continue this rally they've been seeing, starting what is known as alt season. The popular trader Jacob Canfield tweeted, a 2% drop in Bitcoin dominance and alts went nuts today. Like I said, it's just a taste. When dominance really starts dropping is when we see the face melting alt season we all know and love. He did also warn that it may not last long though. So as has been the case for the past 90 days, everything is moving and we'll need to keep a close eye on it. Last week, on the 7th of December, I discussed Bitcoin Ordinal's token going parabolic on the one hand, with 2,000% gains in a matter of months. But on the other hand, a Bitcoin core developer called Ordinal's a denial-of-service attack on the network, and that it is merely exploiting a vulnerability in Bitcoin core that should be fixed. It seems that developer, Luke Desheer, isn't alone in that thinking, and Ana Paula Pereira wrote a piece about it this weekend. The United States National Vulnerability Database, or NVD, is exactly what it sounds. A database of security vulnerabilities in software and hardware that it deems important enough to alert the public to. Interestingly, Desheer's now viral tweet that we discussed last week is linked as a source in this entry to the database. The document states that data carrier size limits can be bypassed by obfuscating data as code as exploited in the wild by inscriptions. To catch you up on why Bitcoin ordinals or other inscriptions are a major concern here, I'll just quote Anna. It could result in large amounts of non-transactional data spamming the blockchain, potentially increasing network size and adversely affecting performance and fees. Now, it's worth noting this has already happened. When ordinals NFTs first caught the interest of the crypto community, Bitcoin flipped Ethereum for transaction fees on their respective networks, once as recently as mid-November. Now, ordinals may be becoming increasingly 
incredibly popular, but they bring a number of potential issues with their value, and it doesn't just stop at transaction fees. Some have criticized the project for affecting the fungibility of Bitcoin, as some Satoshis having inscriptions makes them potentially more valuable than other ones. But look, the key issue really is network spam and bloat, and the listing of inscriptions as a security vulnerability on the NVD could provide yet more pressure to simply patch Bitcoin Core to remove the possibility of inscriptions, which were added with the Taproot upgrade. This would almost certainly be lights for Ordinal if this happened, and I wanted to get Anna's opinion on it. First point to highlight about this story is we have the Bitcoin network being added to the National Vulnerability Database. and It shows uh, the relevance that Bitcoin has nowadays for in terms of cybersecurity, not just for the United States, but for the world. Um, but it also represents a potential, potential problem for the Ordinal's protocol. So we will see how um, this unfolds in the coming week. But in any case, it sheds light on one of the main problems around the Bitcoin network that goes way beyond the Ordinal's protocol, which is, on my view, the lack of developers working on the Bitcoin ecosystem. There have been so many strands to that $4.3 billion Binance settlement with the US that we've had to follow them all individually. There were several strands, however, that we simply couldn't follow because they were sealed until just a few days ago. One area of interest for many in the crypto space is what the compliance commitments with the DOJ look like. That is, what has Binance had to agree to with the US Department of Justice to get a settlement through? Well, we can now look at the unsealed documents, but very few of us know exactly what we're looking at and how impactful the stipulations might be for finance and its customers. Fortunately, a former SEC official, John Reed Stark, took a look and concluded the following in a tweet. Binance's settlement requires it to offer years of instantaneous access, audit, examination and inspection to DOJ, FinCEN and all types of financial regulators and law enforcement, exposing the company and its customers to a 24-7, 365 days a year financial colonoscopy. In all honesty, Stark's in-depth analysis of Binance goes from amusing to pretty bleak rather quickly and he sums up in the following way. To me, it's only a matter of time before the entire Binance plea deal collapses, resulting in additional charges for Binance, additional charges for CZ, and new charges against anyone else, partner, customer, joint venturer, collaborator, etc., nefariously intertwined with the Binance criminal enterprise. If it wasn't clear, and I'm quite sure you've picked up on it, Stark appears aggressively anti-crypto whenever I've seen any of his tweets, though I'd be remiss not to point out that his arguments are always well supported, and this thread he wrote on Twitter is massive. So what do you make of it? Tweet us on at Cointelegraph or at RKBags. Okay, Jesse Cochran wrote a great piece this weekend where he discussed the biggest signs of a bull market peak with various analysts. Ben Simpson, the founder of the crypto education platform Collective Shift, put forward what is likely the most telling sign, when everyone seems to be making money. He said, whenever I start seeing supercars, houses and Rolexes, I'm like, this might be getting a bit toppy. It's hard to disagree with any of that. A Dogecoin wrapped McLaren, anyone? For the software engineer and crypto critic Molly White, it's celebrity endorsements that mark the top. These have proven to be particularly unsavoury in the wake of those all-time highs, with many celebrities being sued, including Ronaldo, who we discussed recently. White highlighted Paris Hilton and Jimmy Fallon discussing bored apes on The Tonight Show as a major signal of the top. And while I agree, I would say that Paris has not been a flash in the pan in Web3 and crypto. She was active in the space for a while, and she still is. From a more technical standpoint, IG Australia analyst Tony Sycamore uses Relative Strength Index to predict the top. 
top. This measures momentum by comparing the closing price with a 50-day moving average to indicate if an asset may be overbought or oversold to see bearish divergence. Reading this article by Jesse, I remembered my feelings about the top of the last bull market. In all honesty, I would like very little about the next bull market to resemble the last one. It was filled with industrial-level FOMO and hollow applications of an otherwise revolutionary tech. It isn't hard to see why so many left the 2021 bubble think it was a fad with no substance. The ways in which so many gargantuan companies and A-list celebrities interacted with crypto and NFTs had no substance whatsoever, but their involvement garnered the most attention. There were so many empty vessels, you could scarcely hear the full ones. Okay, this might have to become a Monday tradition because William Suberg's Five Things to Know in Bitcoin This Week is always superb and I read it every Monday morning. As always, the full article will go into way more depth than I can here and it contains charts too, so give it a click in the description, but here are the footnotes. Number one, the Bitcoin USD pairing felt 7% in a matter of hours this weekend, 5% of which happened in mere minutes, which Coinglass data showed to have wiped out $300 million in cross-crypto long positions at the time of writing. At the time of recording, which is roughly 6 or 7am Eastern, the 24-hour figure for long liquidations is $332.61 million. Number two, some coincidental timing means that the consumer price index, producer price index, and the Fed interest rate changes will all be released on the 12th and 13th of December, tomorrow and Wednesday, and that will undoubtedly affect market volatility, and we don't know in which direction. Number three, on-chain analytics platform, CryptoQuant, warned of a potentially unstable optimism around Bitcoin when analysing the stablecoin supply ratio. They wrote, from January 23 to December 23, the SSR, stablecoin supply ratio, has significantly increased. This implies that Bitcoin holds a relatively higher value compared to stablecoins, indicating that the market participants attribute greater value to Bitcoin, which has been a driving factor in Bitcoin's price increase. This, they say, indicates potentially unstable optimism. Number four, data from BTC.com shows the bi-weekly difficulty tweak lowered the difficulty by around 1%. James Van Stratton of CryptoSlate said, first negative difficulty adjustment for Bitcoin since September is a welcome relief for miners. That puts an end to six positive consecutive adjustments. And number five, on-chain analytics firm Glassnode showed that a newly identified cluster of addresses made a purchase of 633,120 Bitcoin at an average price of $48,050. Some analysts suggest that this could make 48,000 a magnetic price in the short term. Okay, that was a lot, but that's you caught up. Consider yourself informed. Thank you for listening to the Rise in Crypto podcast by Cointelegraph. If you're enjoying these daily updates, please make sure you let us know by following, subscribing or leaving a review. Have a great day. Let's do this again tomorrow.